Welcome to the Healthcare Quality Cast, where we spotlight today's most exciting and inspiring quality professionals within the healthcare industry. Our podcast will dive into the career journeys of leaders that work daily to improve quality, safety, and service outcomes for patients, their family members, and their communities at large. Our mission is to provide motivation and direction to our listeners, encouraging you all to continue your efforts in improving the overall quality of healthcare. And now, your host, Jarvis Gray. Quality people, welcome back to episode number 45 of the Healthcare Quality Cast, powered by the Quality Coaching Company. And as we get today's episode kicked off, I would love to give a quick shout out to Ivan Niemerin, who recently tagged our show with a five-star rating and review. Ivan, I really appreciate your feedback, your support for the show, and I hope that you share info on the podcast with at least three of your colleagues. For today's show, I'm happy to introduce you all to a very impressive healthcare leader that's going to share with us her passion for healthcare strategy and technology. Charlita Redman is the VP of Strategic Initiatives at Jefferson Health, where she is responsible for providing strategic guidance for clinical operations and electronic medical records integrations. Charlita graduated with her BSN in nursing, completed her graduate studies in case management leadership, and has served as the former Vice President of Accountable Care at the University of Pittsburgh Medical Center. Now, one of the best things about having your own podcast is that technically there's no end to the amount of bragging that you can lay upon your guests. I'm happy to also note that Charlita is the recipient of numerous honors, including the 2018 HealthShare Exchange Champion, the 2012 New Pittsburgh Courier 50 Women of Excellence, the 2010 40 Under 40 Recognition, the Manchester's Who's Who of Executives and Professionals, and the KDKA-TV Uplift Award for Hard Work and Dedication in the Workplace. Here in episode number 45, Charlita opens our show with an insightful quote from Mother Teresa, and the message for us as quality people is to simply shake the haters off. Charlita highlights the evolution of her career path and her passion for applying technology to impact the healthcare industry, then walks us through the day in the life of a strategy VP. With her dark moment story, she shares great pointers on applying both career and personal resiliency. We get very zen as she shares tips that she uses for building up personal relationships within her teams. Charlita is a healthcare leader that has followed her passions toward her personal success to bring a ton of value in this episode. And for that, Charlita, I salute you. And I appreciate you so much for connecting with our community of healthcare quality people. Quality people, thank you all as always for tuning in with our podcast and for joining our LinkedIn group. Enjoy today's show, and we'll be back next week with another quality guest. All right. Well, thank you for joining another episode of the Healthcare Quality Cast. And today I'm here with my guest, Charlita Redman. Charlita, are you ready to share with some quality people? Yes, I'm excited. Let's go. All right, wonderful. Well, Charlita, we love to start every show with positive affirmations to really get the momentum going. So I would love for you to share a favorite leadership quote or mindset, but also tell us why it appeals to you and how do you apply it on a daily basis? Absolutely. Um, So I don't think anybody can go wrong with something from Mother Teresa Um, It's a mindset and a poem called Do It Anyway. It's nine verses, 
And I would say each of them can be applied in my everyday. Uh, one specifically that I will highlight is if you are successful, you will win some unfaithful friends and some general um, genuine enemies succeed anyway. So that's something I lose, use every day because um, you just never know what you're up against and Mother Teresa helps to get you through. Well, and if it came from Mother Teresa, like you said, there's no way at all it could be bad advice. Um, but you know what, what I really kind of took away from that is, you know, don't let the haters slow you down and you keep on pushing. So um, I love it personally, just kind of hearing that particular quote, because for quality people and, and probably healthcare leaders in a lot of ways, we're, we're not always the loved folks, um, you know, with the work that we're doing and the projects and the initiatives that we're pushing. So it, it's, you know, we're change leaders. So we still keep pushing. Yeah, every verse in, in that poem is something that I think quality professionals can use every day. All right, perfect. Now, I appreciate you sharing that. And really, now for our quality people, Charlita, I would love for you to briefly describe for us your role. But um, before I let you um, start to share, I just want to say, uh, well, first and foremost, thank you again for joining the show. Uh, when I came across your profile, I was really impressed, um, one, with your current position that I'd love for you to share, but really just your background, um, going from nursing and case management, um, some of the things I learned from your profile and, and your bio. So I, I, again, I, I'm really looking forward to just learning um, your entire career path and, and kind of how, how you got to where you are, because I, I love bringing just unique, talented folks onto the show and learning more about them. And so you um, just stood out when I came across your profile. So, so thank you for everything. And now I will officially be quiet and, and let you share. Absolutely. So um, I, I think you use the word unique. Um, some people use unique, some say by accident. Um, but my current role is uh, Vice President of Strategic Initiatives and Population Health. Um, as you mentioned, I have a background in nursing and case management. And where some people say they're born for a position or a profession, I would say that mine has happened through evolution. Um, so I've built upon my nursing foundation and that clinical background and then started to follow my passion. And that passion is really to improve healthcare through technology. Um, so in each of my positions that I've had in all organizations I've worked for, I've had the autonomy um, as well as the support of my leadership um, to continue to build upon that background. Um, you know, using my nursing background and, and being more in the informatics world, uh, I've been described as a uh, either an interpreter, a liaison, um, somebody that can get both sides or multiple sides, um, and really trying to understand all aspects um, and put those together in order to move us through um, uh, from a healthcare perspective. And with that, uh, quality aspects fall all through that, um, really trying to improve the quality of care that we're providing um, to our patients, clients, members, um, however they're described in the industry. That's perfect. I, I love the, the overview. Um, if it's okay, that I, I am going to go off script just a little bit. Um, would love for you to share, how did you start to transition and make the move um, from case management into a VP of strategy role? Um, so maybe that, that's the first question. And question number two, I would love for you to maybe walk us through the day in the life 
of a strategy VP? What does what does that look like, and what are some of the key things that you center on on a daily basis? Um, sure. So, how did I get from case management into strategy? Um, again, I think I've been able to grow uh, with an organization and, and then take that to my current organization. Um, so in, in case management, we've, um, that's where most of my experience has been, uh, really being detectives, investigators. We are kind of in all aspects of, of a hospital setting or an ambulatory setting um, when we're trying to navigate that environment for our patients and to set the goals and meet the goals for our organization. So I think with that has allowed me to have more of a global understanding of healthcare, um, bits and pieces of the organization. So from clinical aspects to the operational aspects, um, the financial aspects um, as well. And with that has positioned me well to think about the strategy. Um, so for each barrier that you come across as you're trying to, one, navigate through the organization or help our patients navigate, you're, you're looking at how can we do this better? Um, so with that, it's really the mindset of what should our strategy be? Um, how should we look at things globally? And then how do we implement that for change and improvement for all involved? So I think that's how I would describe how I've made the leap from, you know, going from a case manager to looking at more of the strategy um, from a global standpoint. So what does the day in a life look like? Um, <laughs> every day is a different day. Um, so um, my current organization, we are one um, that is merging and acquiring um, very much similar to the organization I came from before. So with each day, you kind of go in and you think you're on a path and you have a plan, um, but that strategy and how you're going to get from one place to the next differs because you're constantly evolving. Um, so a day in a life for me, um, a lot of my time is spent in more of the operations um, as well as on the informatics side, looking at our organization and how we are going to use um, uh, the electronic health record and make that a streamlined um, way of uh, providing healthcare. So with that, looking at how do we roll out that electronic medical record across our entire um, industry um, as we continue to emerge and, and acquire. So a day in the life is you, you have a plan, um, you begin to look at that, again, taking into a, the global scope of merger and acquisition, and then you continue to evolve that as um, one of those things may change or the direction that we're going is changing. Um, so that's kind of the best way that I could say is a day in a life. Um, and my focus is most on, on operations um, as well as the informatics piece. Okay, wonderful. Well, Charlita, I'm happy to uh, let you know, if nothing else, that um, you are officially the first uh, case manager or, or healthcare professional with a case management background, and you're the first um, strategy VP that we've had on the show. So um, you are, you're breaking the mold for a few of those positions. So the folks that follow are going to have some really big shoes to, to fill moving forward. No. I'm glad to be the first. <laughs> uh, well, Charlita, what I'd love to do now is um, take us to the next question. And for this question, I've been um, recently just calling it the dark place question because uh, I would love for you 
to take us on a point through your, or take us on a journey through your career path that you would probably consider uh, one of your worst moments as a healthcare leader. I uh, would love for you to share with us the story, um, take us through some of the decisions that you were going through at that time to try to turn the situation around and make it more successful. Absolutely. Um, so overall, uh, as you've heard already, my background and, and my career has been one of evolution. Um, but as you know, and many of um, others that have uh, also been in a position to share their story, there is that dark place. Um, so it's a great question to highlight uh, for the audience. Um, so I would say my dark place, um, there was a, port, a period in my journey where my value to the organization was not necessarily seen by all. So throughout my career, I've been described um, as many things, <laughs> one as seeing things others could not, which I would say uh, reflectively is both a blessing and a curse. Um, a blessing because you have much to offer and you can be considered as an innovator or a thought leader. Um, conversely, it could be a curse if the organization or individuals within the organization can't see or aren't ready for that vision. So in the period that I would describe, each day um, during this time period was frustrating for me, um, but I had to celebrate any small win that happened on a daily basis. Um, so I kind of bring back uh, two other verses in the poem by Mother Teresa um, being do, uh, saying do it anyway, um, that I think apply here. One would be, what you spent years creating, others could destroy overnight, create anyway. And the second would be, the good you do today will often be forgotten, do good anyway. So I think those are some of the things that I would describe that happened during that dark period of time, um, what I had to think about to get myself through, um, and really the principles that allowed me to continue to be successful during that period. Well, so I find it really interesting. I love to maybe um, go off script and, and dig a little bit deeper, but part of what I heard in your sharing right there is, you know, times as a, a maybe, you know, more junior or younger healthcare leader from your career path, you may have kind of been on an island out there coming out with some of those independent thoughts and innovative thoughts that you were having. Um, to, to your point, you know, having folks either kind of get it and understand it or not, and, and maybe have you out there on the island again, but um, in, in those times where you may have felt, in, you know, just lonely or on the island trying to help others see that potential vision, um, what, were, what were some of the things you used in terms of a resilience mindset? Um, what were the things that kind of kept you pushing and fighting and saying, you know, it's worth it? Um, you know, maybe looking a little bit deeper beyond just the Mother Teresa quote, but what, what was that maybe internal drive that, that kept you pushing? Yeah, so I would think that um, one of the key takeaways that I would say from, from this period of my time is really following your passion. Um, so as part of my passion, which is, you know, really using technology to improve how we deliver healthcare, it's really following that. And in my mind, I knew that what I was doing, what I was suggesting truly was the right thing for the organization as well as for how we deliver um, our healthcare today. So really that day-to-day -day motivation and truly following my passion was really what kept me going despite anybody not understanding. 
Um, and the small wins, it wasn't completely everybody being a naysayer. Um, I think I had said, you know, some people just didn't necessarily understand or um, follow the vision. It's really embracing those people that really understand where you're going. Um, those individuals that support you and in, in, in that journey and really holding on to that um, And those are the things that really have helped me um, During that period of time to get through um, to celebrate those small wins because good was being done um, And again looking at the bigger picture and where the organization was at the time um, You know there were challenges that needed to be addressed and in the vision that you have is not always shared by others um, but following your passion, I think, is an important way to live life. Um, and that's truly how I grasped onto that. And I believe continue to have success despite others not understanding or following where I was going. That was perfect. I, I love your additional points there. Um, I, I was fortunate at one point in my career, I had a leader share with me that the similar mindset, but he, um, he gave me this analogy that sometimes it's just planting the seeds Sometimes we're watering the seeds and sometimes, we're, you know, we're reaping the harvest. So um, that's how I've kind of pushed through similar, you know, mindsets, I guess, when I'm out there trying to lead change or implement work that um, is probably not being grasped by all. Um, you know, it's just kind of the small setbacks. But I say, you know, I guess I was just planting the seeds there and, you know, just give it time to set and take root. So, so wonderful. I loved all your points there. Great. Great. Thank you. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dig up out of there for a little bit now. Uh, move us to the next question, Charlita. And I would love for you to give our quality people one tip, a tool, or a tactic that you found work really works really well with building up those intimate connections on project teams that you've led. But um, would love for you to share what it is and how do you apply it? Absolutely. Um, this is one of those things that I'll circle back to that human side um, that I continue to work on every day. Um, so I've learned and I continue to develop my ability to show that side, that softer side of me, rather than that drive and motiva motivation to kind of get the job done and, and to have success. Um, several ways in which I've done that are, um, one, um, in staff meetings, um, I'll show pictures of things that I've done fun things, um, not work-related, and trips I've taken to allow people to see that connection that I am truly a person and it's not all about work. Um, and two, I would say, um, and it's most recent in my current role um, over the last three years, that I established what I would say is was not an intentional environment in my office. It was just me showing and, and living the way that I wanted to live. Um, and people call it the feng shui or the, um, the relaxing place to go or where I need to rejuvenate. Um, so to kind of describe that setting, um, I had very low lights, so the overhead lights were not on. I'd have one lamp or the under the desk light on. Um, with that, I also had a little, um, a little trickling water that my, my boss had given to me, um, a little waterfall, because I love waterfalls, that was in the background. And then the third thing, above my desk, I had a sign that I had personally made um, that said trust. Um, so I think with each of those actions, um, they've allowed me to be um, kind of that softer side, um, have allowed people to identify with me, 
break down barriers, and then establish that intimate connections. Um, and I can tell you, it's not one day that doesn't go by that people are, are commenting on the atmosphere in my office um, and where people want to escape, find their peace, and then go back into the work environment. I love it. So it sounds like you're creating like the, uh, the zone of zen in your work office. So yeah. And it was not an intentional thing to, for that to happen. Again, it was just me um, personalizing my space. Um, and then based on that personalization, it has invited people in. So, um, and created some connections that um, definitely would not have been there, I don't think, if that atmosphere had not been established. All right, wonderful. Uh, I, I love the mindset there. I think that could officially be maybe one of the first shares on this podcast, at least, where it was more um, environmental versus, you know, the the technical project management tools or, you know, the, the common things that we typically get. So I'm impressed with that. I, I would not have thought of that personally. Uh, yeah, no, neither did I. <laughs> I was, well, I was going to say, if I ever make it up to Philly, I know where I'm coming to hang out if I need to just relax now. So <laughs> absolutely. But no, wonderful. Thank you for that. And um, want to move us to the next question. And Charlotte, I would love for you to take us to one of the best aha moments that you've had as a healthcare professional. But um, again, with this one, go ahead and walk us through the moment, the scenario that was going on, but definitely share with us um, if you were able to turn it into a personal or a professional success. Yeah, and, and I thought about this question um, and what I would say is an aha moment, a revelation about um, how I approach my work, um, but really what I could say is the biggest aha moment for me in my career to date um, is when I decided to leave an organization, the organization that I grew up in, and that was very good to me. Um, it struck me after many others began to leave, you know, I was very comfortable in my position, comfortable in how I, well I was respected in the organization. But, you know, as you look around and those that you're familiar with are leaving slowly, it's kind of like that aha moment. <laughs> Um, it was a very difficult decision for me to make because, again, I grew up in the organization, was very successful in the organization, and very well respected as a leader, but I felt that, um, you know, I really needed to take a step back and look at um, what's next for me. What is that thing that I need to do next? What do I want to achieve? Um, and for, for many years, I felt I was kind of pigeonholed in the world of case management and not a bad place to be, not without success, but I really felt I needed to learn and grow. Um, so in that, making that decision, again, with recommendation, counseling, um, multiple counseling by others, um, I did make the decision to leave the organization. And as I look back on that moment um, and the resulting decision, I can say that I was able to grow in areas professionally and personally that I don't think I otherwise would have done if I had stayed within the organization. Um, so it really was a, a personal and a professional aha of, you know, although this has been a great place, I really have more to do and more to learn. 
No, I, I love that aha moment. And uh, again, I'm going to go off script with you a little bit because I, I like to maybe dig into the uh, transition process that you went through. So as you were having those uh, reflections, what were, you know, how, how did you maybe come up with your goals to now pursue uh, more leadership positions and, and, you know, ultimately, you know, kind of create the vision for your career path um, that led to a vice president position for a very just phenomenal um, healthcare organization. Um, was that kind of an intentional mindset and an intentional process or did that just happen? How did you transition, you know, it, how, that, how did that transition process go for you? Yeah, so, um, you know, I think people, as they reflect on their career, um, many, um, and I'm going to say my personal story has been, I've had great leaders um, and a, a small group of people that have been um, my counsel, um, my confidence, and my supporters throughout my career. Um, and it was really working with them to establish that next step. Um, you know, having somebody, again, I left an organization and came to an organization, um, but I did that um, with some comfort that somebody that I knew was already there, somebody that I had worked with was very supported by um, and had a shared vision um, that I could work with. So that uh, in and of itself made uh, the transition and the, the, the decision um, to move a little bit easier. Um, but that doesn't say that it was easy. I changed my mind probably five times. <laughs> and in that small group of, of individuals, um, uh, interesting enough, all women, um, all women that had, um, had left the organization prior to me, really given me counsel. Um, but as I went back and forth with saying, should I stay or should I go? One of the things that made me feel secure that doing it was okay, was a woman that uh, was the president of the organization, uh, had since left, got a, um, a higher level position in a larger organization. And although I knew she was a supporter in the background for me, I never knew how much she cared about me until she called me and said, Charlita, I understand it's a very difficult position you're in and the decision to make but just know we're all here for you. And regardless of what you decide, we'll still be there for you. So I, I think that was an, another moment in my career was, oh my God, I got this support system and it's a risk that I'm gonna take, but regardless of me taking that, I have people that are supporting me in it, in the decision, uh, regardless of what I, what I decide to do. So I think really having that network and that support group um, and establishing that uh, will help you. Um, and it completely helped me make that decision um, and feel supported regardless of which one I make. Perfect. No, I, I love all of what you just shared there. Um, the fact that you had um, just the council of exceptional folks to, to give you the confidence to steer you in that great direction. Um, I hope, you know, that resonates with many of our listeners. I've had a few guests on that have shared a similar mindset with having, you know, that personal counsel of, of professionals and family members that they can trust um, to help with those, you know, those decisions and those uh, transitions. So um, thank you for, for also sharing that. It's just one of those things I, I, you know, 
I know I need to work on and kind of continue to build up personally, but um, for our listeners, I hope it resonates as well. So that's awesome. Absolutely. For the next question I have for you, I'm really excited because just with your, your background in strategic initiatives and even with your, your technology focus, um, we'll love to share or get you to share some of the current changes that are going on across the healthcare industry that you're personally excited about and share with us maybe a mindset around what uh, us quality people and strategic leaders in healthcare can do to promote it or to support us longevity. Absolutely. Um, there are many to choose from, uh, but I, I, I would like to focus um, my comments on um, the change to tie reimbursement to outcomes. Um, it, it's a huge shift in healthcare, long needed, <laughs> and, and really here in the forefront. And I believe this is a perfect storm for quality professionals. Um, as the healthcare trends have always been driven by reimbursement, um, in the past, that model for pay, fee-for-service, and to put quality and outcomes kind of on the sidelines, this shift in healthcare um, to value and performance-based reimbursement, quality professionals are in the driver's seat, happy to say, um, speaking to quality leaders. Um, and we can't text and drive, to use kind of one of the slogans here in our modern world, uh, we need to keep our hands uh, at, on the wheel at 10 and 2 and focus on the road um, because this is a true opportunity to put this profession, um, these professionals in the driver's seat. And really, there's no excuse anymore for somebody to say, well, I'll just keep doing it because I get paid for it. Um, guess what? If we don't have the outcomes and that performance and the value of, behind that, we aren't going to get paid for it. So I really am excited about this change in healthcare. And I believe as healthcare professionals in general, but most importantly, quality professionals, it's, we're right there in a the driver's seat and, and we got to, we got to keep a pedal on the metal and keep going. All right. Well, I, I'm going to throw an extra question at you then, and, and I'm going to try to uh, do my best to stick with your analogy there. But um, being in the driver's seat, I think the um, interesting part will be how hard do we press on the gas? So I would love to maybe get your thoughts. How how fast can we drive or do we still drive at the pace of change, knowing that change can be hard and slow and you know, we got to pull a lot of people and, you know, pack a lot of people into the car with us, right? Um, yeah. You have any thoughts about that in terms of um, just how fast to go or how far to move and how do we get folks on, on the path with us? Yeah, I mean, I think um, for me, I, you know, I'm that kind of person that pushes for change. So I'm going to say, let's, you know, put the pedal in the metal and, and keep going. Um, but really, I think it's going to be individualized. You know, there are different markets. Um, and in those markets, the payers are in different spots. Um, so individualize that. And, and I think that's going to determine how fast you can go within that market. Um, I can tell you here in the Philadelphia market, it's a little slower um, because our value-based contracts are um, not as progressive as, you know, say, California. Um, so for those types of things, we really need to assess our environment and respect the culture. Um, you know, those slogans that, you know, culture eats strategy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner is so true. 
Um, and if you don't respect that, then you really aren't going to achieve that change. Uh, but that doesn't mean you don't continue to push. No, that, that I think was a perfect uh, response. And I was definitely thinking of that question. Um, for me, I'm based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And so very similarly that, um, you know, the, the market here in Georgia definitely uh, wouldn't be as uh, progressive as a California or some of the other areas around the country. So um, perfect, awesome reply there. Uh, Charlita, I would love for you to share with us some thoughts around how healthcare can become a more attractive place for ambitious and talented quality professionals to either start their careers um, or, or grow their careers if they're already here in the industry? Absolutely. You know, when I thought about this question, um, again, I come back to how do people end up in quality or care management? Um, you know, and, and the answer to that is it's really not a path that's chosen. It's a path that you somehow land in. Um, so I think we need to make it easier to navigate and to create a clearer path into this area. Um, you know, again, the accidental landing in a focused area of quality, um, we don't really understand in general what quality means. Everybody's definition of how you get to quality, what drives quality is very different. Um, and it's hard to navigate that. Uh, so when you think back at how you got into your current career path, as you've listened to my story and how I've got here, it's really not clear. Um, so I think if we can make it easier to navigate, um, have more of a pathway that's defined, especially since the market is going towards quality being a key to where reimbursement is focused on, that is one way that I think we can make it more attractive as well as have more people excited about entering that directly and or transitioning um, their path that way um, based on where they currently are in healthcare. Well, I, my only reply to that is amen. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So Charlita, you're doing awesome. Uh, we are right there at about the halfway point of the show and I would love to uh, move us into a part of the show that we call the two minute drill. Um, it's very much our rapid fire Q&A part of the show, but uh, before I do, just wanted to kind of give a quick pulse check, see how you feel. Uh, I feel great. It's very engaging, and I think the flow is, is perfect, like we rehearsed this. <laughs> All right, wonderful. Well, that, that's um, walking down the path of success there. I, I'm glad for the feedback. Charlita, the first question I have for you in our two-minute drill here is, um, a two-parter, and I would love for you to first share with our quality people something about your current role that inspires you to do your best, but then also share with us how do you inspire others within your organization? Absolutely. Um, so in my role from uh, strategy and initiatives, I, I get to be involved in um, some of those high-profile uh, projects that our organization is um, embarking on. Um, so for me, what inspires me is that ability to impact change. Um, in positions like that, when you're looking at the strategy, you're really, really in that kind of forefront of driving where the organization is going. So it really inspires me that we have the ability to transform how care is delivered. Um, so that kind of makes me excited. Um, how do I inspire others? I would say, um, even within that mindset globally, strategically, 
I do become um, a voice of reason. Um, so really inspiring people, having that voice of positivity. Um, I'm constant. Um, so regardless of the evolving changes that are going on, the changing strategies, because you know we may have had something that has changed in the market that requires us to, to do something differently, being able as a leader to remain constant and confident regardless of what's going on in the organization. Um, so some of the things that I do personally um, on a daily basis is I round on the floor with staff um, and make that personal connection, really listening to people's stories, um, you know, become a very good listener. And with that, I've gotten comments of how inspiring that is um, for people. Um, to really know that it's crazy world, everything's changing around them, to have that voice of reason and that constant to listen to you um, is truly one of the things that I've had feedback that has been inspirational. Wonderful. I love that feedback. And um, yeah, just a senior leader, someone at your level rounding, I would have to imagine that has a huge impact. So that's an awesome story. Um, we'd love for you to share with us, what is the best piece of career advice that you've ever received? Yeah, this may sound a, a little bit um, uh, out of the ordinary, but somebody told me um, you need to be selfish. Um, and with that being selfish, spread your wings. Um, and, and for me to date, that's been a great uh, piece of career advice that has allowed me to let go of uh, that, that norm, that status quo, um, and really learn and grow um, on a new journey. So. I think yeah, I could say that's probably the best piece of career advice that I've received to date. Awesome. That, that is unique and interesting. So um, that I, I've, I'm intrigued and yet I feel like it's working for you. So awesome. Charlita, um, <laughs> uh, would love for you to share this thought. Um, this is kind of a new question that I'm, I'm testing out here, but if you could trade jobs with anyone in your organization, with whom would it be and why? Oh, I think if it's a new question, it's a great question um, <laughs> for me specifically. Um, so without a doubt, it would be our president and CEO, um, Steve Glasgow. Um, um, his entire job is to be disruptive and look for opportunities to innovate and grow the brand of our organization, Jefferson. Um, so for me to have every day where I could be disruptive <laughs> and then allow my creative side to, to come to fruition um, and then just go out there and say, imagine if, imagine what we could do if, um, to me that would be so freeing. Um, and then allow somebody else to figure out how to get it done. Awesome, wonderful. If you could please share a personal habit that contributes to your success when leaving your quality improvement or your strategic initiatives. Absolutely. So this is one where I would say, um, although it's difficult to do, uh, taking that time to understand how we got here. Um, I think many leaders come in and just want to drive through change, um, implement their vision, and they don't respect that culture and to understand how we got here. So I think it's, um, it would be a disservice to you if you don't, don't do that, if you overlook the importance of that culture and the behaviors that impact the present state. Um, doing that, recognizing that there was thought behind that, um, that there's reasons 
and um, rationale as to how we got here, and then allowing people to accept that there is change coming and then to move forward. So that is a personal habit that I think contributes to my success um, by taking that time to say, you know, how did we get here? All right, perfect. And Charlita, what is your go-to website or mobile application for executing on the work that you lead? Yeah, so for me, I love the advisory board. I'm glad that the organizations I've been a part of um, are members of the advisory board. Um, they have a number of different uh, research uh, projects that they've done, um, networking opportunities, a resource library that includes job descriptions, visions, um, kind of people's successes, people's failures that you can learn from. Um, so that would be something that, um, that I would recommend to others if they don't currently use that, um, the advisory board. So I appreciate that feedback. Um, I love the advisory board too, but I have to admit that I am so jealous because all of their material is just like so beautiful. Like the infographics and the, the symbols and the information is great. Uh, so I always get jealous of the advisory board. It's the weirdest feeling. <laughs> yeah, I, I used to get that way. And I was like, I'll just, just take the content. Like, <laughs> that's the important part. But I have to admit, um, I've been in that space as well. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, they, they do a great job. Um, uh, Charlita, I would love for you to share with our quality people one professional society and one professional conference that you think would be a value add. Absolutely. So I think this, again, because we all have a quality journey that comes from different places, it really depends on what your journey is. But for me, um, professional society that has been very valuable for me is the American Case Management Association um, and their associated national conference. Um, the other thing for me, I know you said one, but two um, conferences that is a value add is um, your user group for uh, your medical record whatever that medical record may be. Uh, those people that don't take the opportunity to network with others using the same medical record um, and or software system, I think do themselves a disservice. Um, there's so many things that you can do within the same content or coding, um, different approaches. And I think um, doing those conferences are, is definitely a value add, regardless of whether or not you're a nurse, you are a social worker, case manager, uh, analyst, CMO, CIO, um, that there is value in attending those. Great advice there. And next question, if you could please recommend one book to our quality people, um, what would it be and why? Sure, and a, a, again, a little uniqueness here. Um, I, I'm not recommending a book that is more on the quality side. Um, I do some personal reading and um, I just finished a book by a woman named Bernice McFadden and it's called Praise Song for the Butterflies. Um, and for those that would choose to read it, um, it is one that I think demonstrates true personal perseverance despite life struggles. Um, so that, that would be one that I would recommend. Again, not in the quality realm. Um, you could apply some quality in healthcare if you read it, but I'm really about uh, true personal perseverance um, through life struggle. All right, wonderful. No, I, I appreciate the uh, the diversity. You're you're the disruptor that I hoped you would be for the show. So perfect. Great. Last um, last question. Now this is the the big one for the night. But 
Um, I would love to get you to reflect on your past while also having you look forward to your future. So let's say if you were able to send one text message to yourself 10 years into the past and one text message to yourself 10 years into the future, take a second to think about it, but what would it be that you would communicate in each one of those messages? Yeah, so this is one you, you really have to think about um, in that reflection. Uh, but what I would say is um, for the past, text into the past would be spread your wings. Um, if I would have had that earlier in my career, um, it would have been uh, transformative earlier. Um, so I think that would be the one that I would send in the past. Uh, the one that I would send in the future, um, based on where I am today, is look where you have soared, what you have become, and those you have influenced along the way. So I, I love both of those. And Charlita, if it's helpful, um, as of right now, at least the time we're recording this show, um, this show has nearly 200 subscribed listeners. We're, we're in the process of growing, hopefully, but um, I, I really hope and pray that, uh, you know, when folks get that message, what you just shared, um, you'll be able to say that you influenced them too with some of your feedback. So um, thank you for those thoughts. Yeah, appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share. No, no, wonderful. But um, that is, you, you made it through the entire gauntlet. So um, so kudos to you for that. But uh, Charlita, before I let you go, I would love to end today with you giving our quality people that final piece of advice and then also share the best way that they can um, follow you or connect with you through social media and then we'll officially sign off. Um, perfect. Um, so I think you've heard me along um, the, the hour to say I followed my passion. So my parting advice would be um, follow your passion. Um, those are things that um, people forget uh, why they're doing things. Um, for me, following that passion is leading to what I believe is success. Hopefully others also see that um, in my journey, um, but that would be my parting and advice. Um, and the best way to connect with me is um, in LinkedIn. Um, that's probably the, the extent of my social media connection. So um, that would be the, the best way to, um, to get in contact or follow what I'm doing. Wonderful. Well, Charlita, I can't thank you enough um, again for jumping on, for accepting the invite to the show. I am truly appreciative just to, to learn more about you tonight, um, but to also uh, excited about the chance to get this show published and to have um, our listeners uh, learn more about you as well. So thank you for that. And really to, to all of our quality people everywhere, we appreciate you. We thank you for listening and making us a part of your day. Thank you for listening to the Healthcare Quality Cast, brought to you by the Quality Coaching Company. If you love the Healthcare Quality Cast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review. Until next time.